let me also be very clear that for our government, it is very, very important to invest in Canada and Canadians, to invest in supporting Canadians, and to do so in a fiscally responsible way. We laid out in the fall economic statement some fiscal guideposts, and we will meet them. It's a mighty big promise Ms. Freeland was making. Fiscal responsibility. I'm not sure that really... Um, I'm not sure that this government can square that. It's a very expensive program, by the way. And it didn't get a lot of attention, certainly on Friday, because that's when this uh, came down, Friday afternoon, you know, when we're all checking out for the weekend. But we do get details of this NDP Trudeau government deal on Pharmacare. Not a lot of details, but the fact is they got some kind of deal ahead of the March 1st deadline, some kind of framework for this national program that in the very short term will offer new coverage for contraception and diabetes treatment. So I think a lot of people think that that is, is, is good. But we don't have any other details of what else is on offer. How is it going to impact us, right? Because the, end, the Pharma deal was the NDP's priority. This was not what Canadians in 2021 went to the polls on or, or national dental care. So we're creating all these huge new social programs, and I don't know how the hell we're supposed to pay for any of it, right? Sure, they look great in headlines, but they're very, very expensive. And, you know, assuming this passes, I mean, there are very real concerns that a lot of people on private plans will lose those plans. You know, we have provincial deals in place right now that already cover some elderly and low income. What happens to those? But my question, like, we're now going to create a brand new bureaucracy and, and billions more in spending. And we've got a medical system that does not work. So, again, it's great that the finance minister's out there saying, don't you worry, everything's going to be fiscally, you know, fantastic. And we're all good. We know what we're doing. It's like, okay. Your track record says otherwise. So let's some let's ask someone in the uh, industry. Christian Watt is a pharmacist and owner of Kristen's Pharmacy in Southampton, Ontario. Good to have you. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. Thanks for having me. So, on first blush, your thoughts on on what you're hearing? You know, there's a lot of politics at play. I, I know both sides want to you know buy more time. Jagmeet Singh wants to look like he's putting stuff in the window and fighting for the little guy. But what's your kind of first blush takeaway? Details are really sparse at this time. I think it's important to note that pharmacists across the country think it's really, really important that every Canadian has access to medicines when and how they need them. That's absolutely important. But I think the devil is really going to be in the details. We know only about 5% of Canadians are fully uninsured. But the way that this program is being touted right now, so far only touted mm -hmm. because we don't have those details, is that it's going to be universal, single payer. So that means, like you said, people with good private health insurance plans may not be able to use them for this. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I have a 45-year-old patient, works full-time, great job, in a union, full coverage uh, mm -hmm. on diabetes medications as well as blood pressure medications. Now their diabetes medications will be covered, in theory, by the federal government, but their blood pressure medications only by their private plan. Ah. But there's no real net win for this patient. They don't get anything they didn't already have, right? 
But the right. system paid money using public dollars and saved who? The employer, the insurance plan, but no real net benefit to anybody in the system. Whereas I have a 64-year-old patient who has COPD and hypertension, but not diabetes, and they get nothing out of this, and they don't have the money to pay for their inhalers every month. So it's not really a plan right. that addresses the need. We decided to cover drugs and diseases and not patients, essentially, in this case. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, everyone loves the headlines, and it's a great soundbite for politicians to go out there and say, hey, we created uh, affordable daycare, it's only 10 bucks, but as we're seeing with that ma major program, um, there aren't enough spaces, and a lot of daycares are saying, uh, "This is we can't afford this, this is not working. With dental care, where we've got this brand new system, and again, we don't know how it's going to work, how the provinces are going to get out, and again, is it a system that's going to serve those who need it, or is it going to be taken advantage of? And, and I'm hearing the same thing. I mean, the first thing my mom had asked me because she's on a particular kind of medicine is what if it's not covered like she just got into her plan is it going to be covered is she going to be okay will she have access to it right because I would have to think that if you're on one of these federal plans the pharma companies are not going to be giving a lot of choice they just won't yeah and we saw that in Ontario um, under the liberal government there was a program called Oh, hip plus and right, it still exists right. and it's for people under 25 yeah. but what happened originally was it was a primary payer mm -hmm. program for all people under the age of 25 so whether or not your parents had private coverage or not you were suddenly automatically uh, paid for by the provincial dollars and when the provincial conservative government came into power they flipped that and they turned it to a payer of last resort if you didn't have private coverage so now we're using publicly public dollars to really co cover and target the people who didn't already have coverage without benefiting large insurance companies, large corporations that didn't have to pay for those. And that's really, I think, where these federal dollars need to go is enhancing the gap coverage. Sure. The people who can't afford their medications, not benefiting those corporations that are already paying for coverage. People shouldn't have to pay for their meds. I agree with that completely, but we shouldn't do this um, using public dollars in this way. It's not really going to benefit the people that it needs to, and then it won't be sustainable, right? Uh, so that's yeah. really a big concern for us in the industry. Well, ultimately, yeah, um, you know, because you're going to be um, hit with the costs when these programs don't work, kind of like what they're seeing in dental care, when they're like, well, who do we charge? We're not getting any, you know, we're not getting what we need uh, out of this. Um, the systems itself, the fact that they have to create a whole new bureaucracy with this, again, I, I cringe to think how many millions, if not billions, would be wasted just on that. Instead of, and I go back to my main point, we have a medical care system that has so many issues, like long-term care, like... Um, you know, everything, like name your, your issue with Medicare, but we're going to throw 40, $50 billion into a system that again, has a lot of redundancies. And so how would you be able to, um, you know, you give us this example of a guy who needs one medication and he's going to be able to get covered, but he won't be able to get covered on the other end. How are they going to go through all of this, um, to make sure that people aren't getting cut off? Yeah, that's really interesting. So the federal government actually has a program already that they administer nationally for Indigenous First Nations peoples called the NIHB program. So they have the drug coverage infrastructure in place. The big concern for us on the ground in pharmacy is that mm -hmm. coverage is right. challenging to navigate, requires multiple right. prior authorizations. So pharmacists and physicians doing more paperwork, trying to get coverage. And it doesn't actually reimburse pharmacies in a comprehensive way that allows us to be sustainable. Big concern for us. We often get paid more from private 
private insurance plans than we do from publicly funded plans. We understand that. But if we move every single prescription over into a publicly funded model, community pharmacies in your small and rural areas will not be sustainable. And we're seeing that happen in the UK where there's mass pharmacy closures due to chronic underfunding through their NHS. So that's a big deal for access. So now suddenly patients' meds may be covered, but how far do you have to travel to get them? Because your local neighborhood pharmacy couldn't sustain providing care at that low level of funding. Right. And then again, if the pharma companies say, Canada, you're just way too irritating uh, and we don't make any money on you. So here you get one brand of your diabetes uh, medication and that's all we just they just won't come here. There's no reason. Right. I think they haven't been coming here for, for a while. And so. You know, people might be excited about this headline, but there's going to be loss. And and my biggest concern would would be right now for private plans, right? If you're in a private insurance, they they must be in board meetings right now going, okay, how long do we wait till we cancel all the plans? Like if they can offload this cost to the federal government, why wouldn't they? Absolutely. And we we do historically see that pushback from private plans in people who are covered under both, say, the provincial system and a private plan if they're over 65. If we build direct to the private plan, they'll kick it back to us immediately saying, no, this should be paid for by the government first before we kick in. And we run into that time and time again. And you, you're right, you will see drugs being delisted by private plans because they should be covered by now the federal plan. And that becomes a concern. Can you imagine the, the, the challenge of navigating all this? And you speak to drug shortages and you're right, we've mm-hmm. never seen drug shortages in uh, the province of Ontario and across Canada like we are seeing right now. The cost to the system to navigate those is exorbitant. Pharmacists are going out of their way to find out what we're using the drugs for and what alternatives are covered and what alternatives we have access to and then going back to the family physicians and making suggestions for changes. And we're talking facts as it's so archaic. Back and forth and trying to navigate this entire system, this will add another layer of bureaucracy and, mm-hmm. and roadblock for patients and not really enhance overall care. Where this money needs to go is in gap coverage down to the provinces. Sure, add strings to it. It really needs to enhance the programs that are in place. But in Ontario, we have a program in place for everybody who wants it. It's called Trillium. If you're low income, you can apply for it. Every single person in the province is approved for coverage on this plan and your deductible is tied to your income. So if we lower those deductible thresholds using federal dollars, we improve access on day one for patients. That it's a simple fix and we don't need to cover the people who are already covered. We don't need, like you say, to add more bureaucracy at the top to administrate this program. This is something that we can do really, really quickly with federal dollars and save a lot of money in the system and cover the people who need it right away. A wealth of information, and I will uh, probably come back to you and say, but what about that, that, and that? But again, I think this is one of those announcements that we're going to have so many questions about, and I just think if you don't get through and parse through the details, some people could be very, very much uh, disappointed with this. So I appreciate your time on it, Kristen. My pleasure. I appreciate you covering this. Kristen Watt is one of the many, many pharmacists. She owns Kristen's Pharmacy in Southampton, Ontario, but she's going to be dealing with this. All the paperwork. And you heard... What she has said, like, we've got a pretty good provincial plan here in Ontario. How do you undo that and, and then create this brand new system? Look, I get that Jugmeet Singh is happy that he can say, look, we held the government to, uh, you know, take action. It's what our power is. Coalition. And, and Trudeau just wants to live another day. But mm, Canadians didn't vote for a coalition government. We didn't vote for these big, massive social programs that if we were rich... Like we had all our oil money and energy money. And if the government would make a case for, I don't know, liquefied gas, we could have a lot of these things. But I'm looking at this and I'm seeing more problems.
I, I would hazard to think that most people on a private plan don't want to lose that private plan because, oh yeah, it works. But if I'm in the private insurance business, I mean, the first thing you're doing is offloading this thing. You want this problem? Here, you pay for it, right? And then who ends up suffering?